Well, if you have your Bible with you today, I want you to, or your Bible apps, get it out and find with me the book of Mark, no, not Mark, Luke. I'm just used to saying my name. Uh, what's your name? I've never said Luke. Luke chapter 5. And just hold your spot there. It'll be a little while till we, till we read it. Uh, Luke chapter 5. I want to share with you something that I call healing basics. Are you ready for this today? Okay. I want to talk to you about divine healing, healing for the physical body. Now, if this subject matter is new to you, um, and I realize it is to some, uh, people have been taught in different ways, just go with me for a while. I'm not asking you to go all in and commit to everything I say just because you're here, but it would be wise. A wise person will be quick to hear, yeah, and ponder and listen and discern and study things out. Listen and let God do a work in your life and, and open some things up for you. At the same time, if you have uh, heard this type of message and these scriptures that I'll be sharing before, there's a danger there to dismiss it as I already know this. And we never want to do that because as long as you're going to have a physical body, we need this word. All right? And if you have perfect health, good for you. You're probably more excited about it than anyone. And if you don't, if you have physical challenges, uh, this is an opportunity for God to reveal some things to you. Uh, even if you think you knew them before, if it's not working for you, we need to hear it more, don't we? Okay? We need to hear it until it works, <laughs> until we get the results that we need. Now, now, God did not create the human race with a need for healing. You know that's the case. It wasn't a part of his original design. You can't find on the third day, fourth day, fifth day. God created cancer, right? Sickness and disease was not a part of his original plan. Therefore, you know, if we say, was God, has God always been a healer? Well, there wasn't always a need for it. Right? There wasn't always disease. It wasn't a part of his plan, and so there wasn't a need. But we know that when sin entered, the door for physical problems was opened. And that's the history we know today. Going back, everyone has had to deal with physical issues and challenges. Um, but because sin was never the will of God, we can easily conclude that sickness and disease was not the will of God either, okay? Because one really opened the door for the other. It's, it's been said, there's an old saying, uh, it goes like this, sickness is the foul offspring of father Satan and mother sin, all right? Never a part of God's original design. Nevertheless, because we live in a fallen world and because things are the way they are, God is the healer. In fact, early on in the scriptures, he revealed himself that way. In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, he said, for I am the Lord who heals you. Whenever there's a problem, he is the solution. He is the answer. And he revealed himself as the healer. Amen. Not for a short period of time, not just for a minute, and then he went on. No, that's just who he is. Because there is disease and sickness and infirmity, he is the healer. Now, we all recognize that even though God is the healer, people in our day and for throughout history do get sick, 
And some of them even die early. They die young. I want you to know that those things happen outside of God's will. They don't happen because he wants it to happen. They happen in spite of his will for that not to happen. His plan is for us to live long and healthy lives. And he is the answer and the solution for that. If you think about it, many things happen on earth that God doesn't want to happen. Okay, Even when you read in the scriptures, and primarily, not exclusively, but primarily in the Old Testament, you read about judgment falling on people. Uh, did you know that that happened outside of God's desire? We'll say, but he did it. Well, he's the judge. Yes, he's the righteous judge. But that doesn't mean he wanted it to happen. How many know if you're just, and there are rules, there are laws, there are a system in place, you have to do things that you don't want. Yeah, and so all that stuff happens outside of God's desire. Doesn't mean it isn't happening. It's just not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way God wants it to be. And so I want to lay out for you some groundwork uh, for healing. In the process, I want to answer objections. Okay, I've heard most of them. All right, I want to answer questions and objections people have to this because those object, objections, when they do not get answered, they answered, they hinder people's faith. All right, they get in the way. Every time you pray, every time you seek an answer for this, you have that thought that goes, Err! and it, it, it becomes a hindrance. So we can get rid of those. They're not really difficult to do. And uh, we can just clear those right out. And so your faith in God will soar. This will be easy. And uh, uh, I am privileged, blessed, favored. I don't know. I'm thankful to God that I have enjoyed for many, many years great health personally. I'm also very, very thankful that I've been able to be a part of God healing other people. I've been on both uh, in one-on-one in services like this. I've been able to see firsthand God do amazing things and set people free from all kinds of problems and infirmities. You know, if someone said, I don't believe that, uh, well, you've come too late to talk to me because I was there when it happened, you know, and again and again and again. In fact, I don't think uh, a week goes by around here without us seeing, hearing, or receiving a testimony of someone being healed in their physical body. It's not because we're better than other, other people. We're just the same. We just love God. But because we, get, we talk about it, because we believe it, God enters into our midst and does great things. And, uh, and there's not, I don't even know a fraction of them. I was at, uh, just the other day, I was getting a cheeseburger, following the leading of the Lord, and with onion rings, and, uh, and, and I ran into some, uh, s- some people from the church that I, I, I know, and, and hey, how's it going? What's going on? And I haven't talked to them together for, for some time, because, you know, a lot of times I don't get a chance to have a conversation with too many people, and, uh, and so we ended up sitting down and eating those burgers for the Lord. Uh, But in the middle of it, uh, she said to me, she said last week, and it turns out it was two weeks ago from today, uh, uh, she said, you had a word of knowledge. They were watching on the live stream. They weren't in house. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, they were watching the live stream from home. I had a word of knowledge about about knees being healed. And, and, And she said, that was me. And she explained how she 
got hurt and got injured and, and, uh, and explain how the healing power of God came into her and she was able to, uh, well, she said she went surfing the next day. It's, it's surfing behind a boat, you know, how, you know we don't live by the beach. Yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, and she, she was able to do that for a long time without pain and I thought, praise God, I'm glad I ran into them so I could hear the testimony because they certainly didn't write it down and send it in. <laughs> but I'm just saying, and that was just a happenstance. I don't know if I'll run into you getting a cheeseburger. Maybe you'll start following the Lord, and I will. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, but uh, we're, we're privileged to see uh, so many of these, of these things happen. Now, I know um, that there are healing unbelievers. I know a couple months ago I called them in a, in a healing meeting we did, I call them healing atheists. Uh, in other words, they believe, they believe in God and the forgiver, forgiver of sins and so forth. But they don't believe in this part of, of his ministry toward us. But there are those that do not believe in divine healing at all. Okay, I get that. If you're here and that's your position, just hear me out. All right. And if you're watching online, say, I don't believe in that stuff. I'm aware of you. I know that exists and, and I'm not here to uh, put you down by any means. I just want to share the Word of God. And if you see that it's there, then open up your heart. But there are those that basically deny anything that is not in the scope of sc- current scientific knowledge or study or reproducible in a lab. And if I can't see it, I don't believe it. Okay, most of us are beyond that because we know you're not going to be saved by seeing your salvation not seeing the forgiveness of sins. Uh, We know what faith really is in that regard. Um, There are others who have been taught in settings like this that miracles have passed away. There are truly saved people. They love God, but they believe that God just doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore. The things we read about in the Scripture, that was for another time, but He doesn't do that today. People have been taught that, and that is the foundation of their belief. I also know that there are some people that because of their experience in losing someone that was close to them, that they prayed for and they didn't get their healing and they went on and and, and died early, because of that, they have closed their heart off to the healing power of God because they didn't understand why someone didn't get it, why it didn't happen. And uh, if you're in that situation, I really pray that, that the Spirit of God will heal your heart so that you can see what he wants to say to you in regards to this, to this subject, okay? I never want to be a part of the group that is kind of like the Pharisees of old that are so proud and so invested in their own theology that they don't care about the needs of people anymore. You know, in Jesus' day, when he would at sometimes go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, We have all those stories, and you ever notice how it often says, and it was the Sabbath day, and it was the Sabbath day. That's because he was about to ruffle some religious feathers, and people would get healed on the Sabbath day, and they were all up in arms about that because that was work, right? And uh, and of course, they didn't have a healing service the next day, did they? (laughs) But they, just embra- they were just so invested in their own theology, I have to be right, that they forgot about the needs of people who were hurting. I don't believe that's the heart of God. All right, we should have compassion towards all who are suffering in any way. And, 
And so I'm not going to be that way. You can kind of see where I land or I wouldn't be teaching the subject probably. Um, I believe in it. I believe in healing. And I practice it. I'm involved in it and seeking God and letting him work through my life. I know also that within the ranks of those who believe in the power of God, divine healing for today, there are really a couple of groups there as well, okay? There are those who believe that God selects, you know, at his choosing according to his sovereign will to heal some and to not heal others. This is a wide belief in different circles that God is choosing. You get healed, you don't. You live long, you live, you live short. You are blessed, you're not. That God is making those decisions every day in each situation. And how many know if you believe that, you would have to conclude that the vast majority of times, God is telling people no. If you look around the world and how much sickness and disease and, 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 and physical pain, you would have to conclude that the vast majority of time, God is saying, no, I want you to stay the way you are. I want you to I mean, it sounds sad to say it this way, but I want you to suffer. Wouldn't you have to conclude that? Okay. And so there are those that take that approach. Yeah, it can happen, but hardly ever does. And then here's another belief, okay, and that is that God wants everyone to be healed today. It is his desire for all people to be healed, and it is a matter of appropriating what he has already provided Okay, now if I said that with a little more unction, that's because I believe that. All right, I believe that God wants people well. Well, one of the uh, questions or objections, I guess, that can come up in this discussion goes like this. Well, if God wanted everybody to be healed, I'd believe they would be. You ever heard that one? Okay, I understand. If God wanted everyone to be healed, then they would be. But let me point a couple of verses to you. You don't need to turn to them, but consider this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 reads about God, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. How many does, does God want to be saved? He wants all to be saved. That's stated really clear. Another related verse is 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many does he want to not perish and come to repentance? Oh, okay, so real simple question. If God wants that, why isn't it happening? If he wants everybody to be saved, everyone to repent, everyone to be uh, set free, why aren't they all repenting? Why aren't they all coming to the knowledge of the truth? How many know the answer is because they have something to do with it? It's not just all up to God. It's up. God is the author. He's the originator. He's the forgiver. He's the grace giver. But we are the ones who receive this. You know, if someone is lost in their sin and they're living apart from God and they're sitting at their home just thinking, well, one of these days I hope God saves me. You know, and if you were to ask, ask them, so how are you doing in your relationship with God? How's your spiritual life? Well, you know, I'm not close to God. I'm not even saved because I'm just waiting on him. One of these days, I hope he saves me. Well, you would say, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can initiate this. God did his part. Now you do your part and receive. You can be saved today. 
right? Just like in here, you, there's some listening to this, listening to me right now. Are you going to be saved because you go to church? No, you're going to have to respond. You're going to have to make a choice, yeah? There's God's part. There's our part. Likewise, it is with healing. Same thing. All these blessings work the same way. God doesn't force his blessings upon anybody. They're not just going to happen. Amen. We discover his will. We find out what he wants, and we trust him for it. And there is, a, there is the giving side. There is also the receiving side. We have something to do with it. You, you, do, you, do you recall when the disciples over Matthew 6 asked, asked Jesus uh, about how to pray? They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then he gave that little uh, prayer there that we call the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Remember that one? Part of that prayer over in Matthew chapter 6, it's in verse 10. He said, thy kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why, why would you pray that the Father's will should be done, pray that his will be done on earth? Why, why would you ask that? Because it's not being done. For someone to say, I believe God always gets what, gets what he wants, his will is always done then why did Jesus tell us to pray that his will would be done? Okay, He's not, he wants everyone saved. They're not all saved. Can I throw this at you? He wants everybody healed even though they're not all getting it. That's why our part in the equation, through prayer, through faith, through believing, through acting on his word, through taking his covenant promises and putting them to work in our lives is essential for God's purposes and plans to be manifest. Amen. So I want to share this with you today just to land some groundwork, foundation. I want to share with you about the will of God. How do I know for sure that God wants me to be well? And before I get into this, I, would, I can tell you this. Uh, we could spend every Sunday for the rest of the year on this one subject and not exhaust the scriptures. It would be so easy to just go boom, boom, boom every single week and demonstrating from a different angle, a different passage, a different book in the Bible, and you would be convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants people well. He does not want them suffering with sickness and disease. But instead of doing that, because I have other things to teach, um, you can go to Bible college if you want to get in depth on some of these subjects, but I'll give you enough. I'm not leaving you hanging. I want to share with you one of my top ones. I think this is, in, in my opinion, irrefutable, okay? Whenever you study the Scripture, you never start with the verses that are not super clear. Maybe they're not clear because of our culture, our language, our time. Maybe they're not clear because we just lack understanding. But, you know, there are verses in here where you go, huh, I wonder what he meant by that. And there are other verses in here that they are so simple. They are so straightforward, super clear. That's where you start. You start on the confusing part. You're going to be one of those that says, I just don't understand the Bible. Well, yes, you do. You're just starting in the wrong place. Start in the light. Start where it's clear. And then from that position, start to you know, seek to understand the areas that are not as clear. And it is easy. When it comes to understanding God, we have been given a very, very 
clear picture of what he's like, the types of decisions he makes, how he thinks, what he does. And this is, I think, a starting point, even though you can start in Genesis, but a starting point for us to understand his desire for our physical well-being. Are you ready for this today? Are you ready? Anybody ready? Ready, 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 ready. The answer is this, is if we are going to know the Father, we just have to look at Jesus. Jesus is the clearest, most accurate revelation of what the Father is like. Listen to these verses. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, to Philip, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He was thinking the Father was someone totally different. Now, understand the the Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But he's thinking the Father, he's not like you, Jesus. And Jesus says, give me a break. I don't know if he really said that, but, (laughs) you know, he said, if you, Philip, you see me every day, you hear me, you watch me, you see how I act. You've seen the Father because it's him working in me. He is the same way. And this is so helpful for us to know. What is the Father like, Jesus? Would you, w- w- will the Father do this? Would Jesus do that? Does the Father say this? Did Jesus say that? This is how we know. Here, here's another one. Uh, Hebrews 1, 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, and it's talking about Jesus, and the express image of his person. What is Jesus like? He's the express image of the Father. Listen to this in the NIV. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. We need not be confused about what God is like or about what the Father is like. It's Jesus. He shows us exactly what he's like. Okay, knowing that, doesn't it make a whole lot of sense if we really want to understand the Bible, we really want to understand God and who he is and how he relates to us, that we don't start with, I don't know, Job? (laughs) Job's in the book. I read that book. It's in there for a reason. I'm not starting there. I'm not going to say, Father, I want to know you, and immediately I go to the Old Testament prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. No, I love all that. There's a rich revelation in there. That's not where I'm going to start. Why would I start in the shadows? I want to start in the light. And if I know Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and by the way, in our country, those are readily available to anyone. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then I can go back and read Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? David, Solomon, all the prophets. I can read it, but I have the understanding of who Jesus is so I know about the Father. Amen. It's like the, the day when, when the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, should we, should we call down fire from heaven on them like Elijah did? Like who did? Elijah did. You know what Jesus said? Yeah, that's a good idea. 
let's toast them right here. What did Jesus Jesus said, you, don't, you guys don't even know what spirit you're of. So I might think if I'm just reading Elijah, yeah, when I got mad at people, <laughs> and I come and see Jesus, and he's the perfect image of the Father, say, so, yeah, no, no, that's not how I'm going to respond to this. Everybody okay? Amen. It is vital that we know God's position on the subject of healing, and Jesus is the best image, the perfect picture. And so I want to ask, how did Jesus deal with sick people? That's how the Father does. How did Jesus respond to, interact with, minister to sick people? Now, the first answer is people think, oh yeah, well, he brought healing. Uh, Let me give you a warning about the way that this is described sometimes in church circles, because it totally damages people's faith. All right, you ready for it? And I've heard preachers say this, and in love, I want to wring their neck. (laughs) Don't say that. Don't say that without explanation. Here's the saying. It goes like this. Well, you know, Jesus didn't heal everybody. Looking at someone who's struggling, someone who's sick, someone who's got problems. Well, you know, Jesus didn't heal everybody. Say, well, is, is that right or wrong? Well, it's right. It's just not explained. What do you mean Jesus didn't heal everybody? Let me explain it for you. Judge it for yourself. He didn't know everybody. He didn't minister to everybody. He was in the, sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. His ministry was local in nature right? Not everyone believed him. Not everyone came to his meetings. Not everybody trusted the power of God through him. There's all kinds of reasons why not everybody got it. You're totally correct. Jesus did not wipe sickness and disease off the face of the earth while he was here. However, here's another statement that's also true. There is not one time where someone came to Jesus seeking healing And he turned them away. We don't even have one example, not one verse, where someone came to the Lord and he said, you know, it's not really my will for you to be healed. It's not the Father's desire for you to be free. You know, not one time did did Jesus answer a question like that and he said, well, it's not the right timing for you. God wants you healed, but it's later in some undisclosed future period. Not one time did Jesus respond to people seeking help with their physical needs where Jesus responded and said, you know, the the, the, the Father is just teaching you a lesson. He needs you to learn some things because you are hard-hearted and this is the only way he could get through to you. Then why do these things get taught today? Why do we represent the Lord as if he says those things quite regularly? And if you think about it, have you ever read the passages where Jesus had a great, massive meeting, thousands of people, and the scripture uses this, these, this language, he healed them all. That is church. <laughs> Honestly, that's where my heart goes. And I'm I believe we're going to see 
meetings before we're done, before I'm done with my assignment, where not a single person leaves the building with infirmities and sicknesses. That's my belief. Jesus did it. We're here to do the works of Jesus. Let me get back to my point. Think about it. If a whole multitude got healed, this was in Israel. They were basically backslidden from God. There's a bunch of rascals in his meetings. There's some liars, there's some cheats, there's some adulterers, there's some mean people, self-centered, right? Not everyone is living a holy spiritual life, and they still got healed. I don't know about you, but this helps me to know if they all got healed, there's no way thousands of people were all perfect, upstanding citizens and right with God. That means I'm not disqualified either. That means God's healing power to me is not based upon my earning it or deserving it or being good enough or spiritual enough. It's based upon His grace. Amen. Everybody okay today? Some of you got the wheels a turning. I'm totally okay with that. Think about this. Ponder on it. Pick it apart if you want. Just do it with scriptures. Amen. And I'm going to pick apart those scriptures later on. <laughs> I mean that in a serious and gentle way. Uh, because I've heard them, and they're easy. This is easy. So what about, I know about that guy. What about, I know about him too. What about Aunt Betsy? Well, I don't know about her, but I know the principles that govern this. Because of that, we can bring answers. Amen. Did you find Luke 5 yet? Okay, we only got a few minutes. Luke chapter 5. There was one time where someone came to Jesus questioning his will. Do you want to do this? Are you willing? And this is that, that, that case. This doesn't exist other places in the Gospels. Uh, it does this case, so we're going to read the one. Verse 12, Luke 5, 12, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are what? Willing. So he knew he could do it. He obviously heard the stories. He believed the power. He believed there was a possibility. He believed the power of God. He just didn't know if Jesus wanted to. Maybe he was feeling guilty. Maybe he was feeling unworthy. Maybe he was feeling like, I don't know if I deserve this. That's a, a common theme amongst those who are suffering. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy left him. Praise God. This should settle for us and for all time what the Lord's answer is to those who look to him for healing. He's not going to give you a different answer than what he already said. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The Old Testament says, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. He answered him. And if you were to stand before him today, and you can, even though without seeing him, you can come before him, and you close your eyes, and you talk directly to him. And what would happen if you were to say, Lord, I know you can do this. I believe in your power. You are capable. You are mighty. You are stronger than this disease. You are stronger than this problem. Are you willing to make me well? What would his response be to you? You may even hear it in the moment. 
It'll be this resounding tone. I am willing. I'm willing. Not am I good enough. Is he willing? And the Lord said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Sometimes people wonder. Let me finish with this. Thank you, Lord. I I like the Lord. Amen. (laughs) I I love his presence. Oh, praise God. We'll have our healing teams up at the end of the service. And throughout however long I teach this subject, they'll be here. I'll only minister as the, as the Lord directs me. Uh, other than that, they'll do the healing ministry at the end of service. But I tell you, His presence is here right now, strong. Some of you, you'll be healed while I'm teaching. You won't even know it's happening until afterwards. Oops. <laughs> it's like I sat in the smoking section. And when I went out, everybody said, oh, you've been smoking? You sat in the healing section. And you'll go out saying, what happened? It's in my clothes. It's in my hair. It's, it's like God is on me. And he is. When you give attention to these things, God manifests. Why do some places see healing and other places not? Some places never talk about it. They never teach it. They never believe it. They never, they never put any focus on this. And so God is left out of the picture. All you have to do is talk about the way he is. And then he walks in the room. People, have, people sometimes wonder. They think it's somewhat of a conflict. But... They ask, well, what about doctors? What about medicine? Is there a conflict in my faith? What if I use medicine or prayer? Is it one or the other? Is this a conflict of issues? I want you to know this. Sometimes Satan works this way in people's lives. First, he'll hit them with a physical ailment. And then he hits them with guilt after that. Well, if you really had a good relationship with God, this wouldn't happen. If you had any faith, then this wouldn't happen. And all of a sudden, you're taking medicine or, or doing something like that, and, and he wants to pile on the guilt. You're just so unworthy. You're just so worthless. If you had any faith, you wouldn't do this. And listen, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, period. So if I get hit one way, I'm not going to let him, you know, punch me here and then hit me again. Come on now. And so... What should you do? Here's the answer for all of us at all times. We should follow our convictions. It's not a matter of what can happen. It's a matter of where you are in your relationship with God. How many know the Lord could snap his finger and put you on the moon? It's not about what God can do. He can do anything. He's all powerful. It's about where I am. He works with me. He works with you. And if you follow your own convictions... You'll be, you'll be good. Your convictions change as you learn, as you study, as you meditate on the Word of God, but then you can act accordingly. Does this make sense? Um, you know, all of us use natural means for healing. That's quite a strong statement. Say, so how do you know everybody? And someone on the inside saying, not me, I'm a faith guy. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten a sliver in your hand? Come on, has anybody ever gotten a sliver in your hand? Has anybody never had a sliver in your hand? Just judging participation right here. Uh, When you got that sliver, you mighty man or woman of faith, did you cast it out? (laughs) Sliver! (laughs) I bind you (laughs) or loose you. Come out. Did you rebuke the devil over that sliver? Or 
probably likely, you got the sliver, you immediately tried to pull it out. If you couldn't, you went and got a tweezers, and you pulled it out, right? Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> Is that little faith? No. That's just smart. We all use natural means to protect ourselves, to help ourselves, and, uh, and when it comes to medicine, that's just an extension of that same principle. Okay, now watch. There is a danger here because you can easily get into the habit of totally relying on natural means to fix your body. And you will come to an end. As much as we love those who help people physically, we have doctors and nurses and stuff in our church that are awesome and believe God and they attack things from the physical side. Listen, they're limited. They can't keep everyone alive nor fix every problem. And if my mentality is, um, well, here's, a, here's, here's some bad theology. Can I give you that real quick? Bad theology goes like this. Sometimes God heals through prayer and sometimes God heals through medicine and doctors. I like how quiet it got. You're going, huh? Listen, if you believe that, your faith is toast. Because every time you go to God for healing or the laying on of hands, you're going to start wondering, hmm, is this one of those times that God heals directly or is this one of those times that he wants me to have a surgery? See how that, that belief system will cripple your faith? Amen. No condemnation in anything we do, but I tell you, there comes a point where man's efforts are limited. Say, what about doctors and medicine? That's what man can do. Now, we didn't receive anything of ourselves. It's the grace of God that we know anything. But those are man's efforts. They're not bad. They're just limited. And if I conduct myself this way on a continual basis where every little ache and pain and opposition, I'm immediately jumping on natural result, not natural remedies... I'm going to come to a point where I'm in trouble. Everybody okay? Yeah. Amen. I know you can combine the two and believe God in the midst of helping something from a natural side, but I want to encourage everyone along this line. We need to develop our faith in God as the healer. Every one of us can do that. I sure hope this is not the case, but I have really no reason to believe that Corona is, you know, the last globe, <laughs> global virus. I don't know that. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if things like this happened because they're prophesied about the last days that things like this would happen. I'm not rooting for it. I'm not expecting it. But I do know this. I'm living in a dangerous world. I better have my gun loaded. You know, I'm not, understand what we're talking about. I know what's happening in the world. I need to have my spiritual gun, my faith loaded. I know who he is. I know his desire and plan. I know about his power and his willingness to work in my life. With that gun is loaded, okay, we live in a troublesome time, chaotic world, perilous days, but I can walk with God and, and thrive in the middle of it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to get into some more of this. I hope you come back. Praise God. Father, today...